0: At the bottom of our news tonight, there's been a new animal aimed in the direction of falling off the face of the earth. Yes, young black teenagers are recorded to be the oldest and the newest creatures added to the endangered species list. As of now, the government has not made steps to preserve the blacks. When asked why, a top law official adds, because they make good game.
1: You're listening to Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guests this week are Ian Harker and Pat Osilio, uh, both from Philadelphia. Is it Philadelphia you guys are in?
2: Yeah, I'm in South Philly. So? Yeah,
3: I, I actually live, like, right outside of Philadelphia.
1: Now, South Philly, is that where um, Will Smith makes the reference?
2: That's in West Philly. Oh, yeah, right. Like. West Philly. <laughs> yeah. No one really references South... Oh, no, South Philly's Rocky. Yeah, uh, we'll, really we'll re-
3: re- wouldn't last two minutes in South Philly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, now, the reason I have uh, both these fine gentlemen today is they put a book out near the end of last year uh, for the Brooklyn Comics Fest, um, Comics and Graphics Fest, called Rub the Blood, a... An extreme anthology commemorating an extreme time in comics, um, the fine world of Rob Liefeld, and various other uh, image um, and extreme titles. I'm saying extreme a lot on purpose. Um, As well as you both uh, put together a number of anthologies. Specifically, I'm thinking of Secret Prison, which is up to issue five now. Yeah. Does that sound right? And... Pat also has his retrofit comic that just came out, uh, Bowman. 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 Yes. Oh, I failed everything. And the other anthology guys put together the math comics one.
2: Yeah. Which... Math fiction.
1: Math fiction. Um, which I guess was supposed to be 3D. Was I supposed to have 3D glasses when reading it?
2: Oh, did I not send you 3D glasses?
1: You may have actually. I can't. <laughs> I, I have uh, really bad vision, so 3D doesn't work on me very well. <laughs>
2: oh. uh, well, yes, it is 3D comic.
1: Well, I read it it's a different tense. way. <laughs> um, and I mentioned, Conan, uh, your collaboration with Josh Bayer and uh, you do a lot of stuff with Mr. Bayer. And uh, for Inkstuds followers, Josh did an interview Uh, With Johnny Ryan a number of years ago that we posted on the Inkstead site, so thank you for that, Josh. I always uh, liked having that on there, and I still like having it on there. I I love it when people want to put stuff on the site. Um, So extreme. Yeah. Did you guys read a lot of it growing up?
3: Um, I I did a a lot just because of my age. Like I'm a couple years older than Pat, Um, so like that stuff really hit when I was like 12, 13. (laughs) which is, like, you know, the exact right age <laughs> for that stuff. Um, and, I mean, it was it was really, like, the first comics that I actively sought out. Like, before that, I, I really just picked up stuff off of, like, the spinner rack. Um, you know, so that was, like, right when I was hitting that age where I could kind of get on my bike and, like, go where I want and do what I was wanted, it was like I discovered that stuff, and it was, you know... <laughs> It, like, burnt its image into my mind, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately, I don't know. But uh, sort of the book is about, like, sussing that out.
1: <laughs> I almost feel like it's more like exercising it.
3: Right, yeah. Well, it's, like, my, my thought process with it was to try to reconnect with that, with that spirit of being, like, 13 years old at sitting at your mom's kitchen table and just, like, making up a million different derivative characters and just trying to draw like even though you really can't draw (laughs) and just really pushing it and uh you know it's it's really kind of just getting back to that like really immediate approach to making
2: comics
1: how about yourself pat
2: um yeah i I was aware of the those comics at the time i was more of a marvel uh kid myself but i did like x-force and uh all of like Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man and Eric Larson was on there, I think, after him, and uh, that kind of stuff. I was less into image. I like spawn, but uh I didn't I wasn't a big extreme guy. <laughs> yeah, it's an idea, so that's that's how I got involved.
3: Yeah, I actually never particularly liked Rob Liefeld. <laughs> It's just that he he's sort of, like, um, like emblematic of that stuff, so the anthology really became, like, central around him.
2: Yeah, and just looking up lifefeld and reading all the various things written about him on the Internet and all the, you know, crazy industry stories, it's... I don't know. He was a good uh, person to to dr- go off of with his characters.
3: Yeah, I had this, like, this theory that Rob Leifeld is basically, like, Gary Panter's Jimbo. And so he's like this Southern California um kind of like surfer dude, kind of weird wasteland type character who, you know, somehow made it in comics. And uh he's just been like living that dream out <laughs> ever since then.
1: I had a friend that had a good description of Liefeld. It's kinda of like he's kinda of like a dude that's into sports but is into comics.
3: Yeah. He's he's actually kind of like inspiring to me like guys like when we started this project like I started following him on Twitter and stuff and like just kind of as a joke almost but then like I can't stop like <laughs> and the guy and the guy like he tweets like all the time like so yeah, it's, like, just he writes interesting
2: uh, blog posts too. He, he yeah. specifically wrote one when like we were in the middle of working on this about uh haters and people making fun of him over the years and how he's been dealing with it. And then like a month later we released this
3: Yeah, and then, but then, like, look, he, like, goes out and hires Brandon Graham to draw a profit, you know, so it's like, you know, maybe there's something going there with this guy. Like, I've never, like, every person I've ever talked to that has, like, spent any time with him or done any work with him has said that his enthusiasm is just, like, infectious, and, you know, once you meet him and you're around him, like, you just can never think anything bad about him, you know? So I, I like it that's really what it's the Blood was trying to get back to is that kind of like retarded enthusiasm and just like boundless ambition. Like I said, like the kitchen table kind of approach to comics, which is just like you know, which which I found like a lot of um you know, I connected the dots a lot to what was going on with art comics and like post Fort Thunder kind of stuff where it's like You know world building and just like this like really direct approach to making comics where you're just like don't follow any of the rules and just like make up your own rules and just go right for it and like I think I like learned a lot of those lessons by you know trying to draw like Rob Liefeld (laughs) when I was a little kid (laughs) as strange as that is
1: it's funny because I mean you talk about the, the alternative stuff and at that time the alternative was very like uh Diametrically, like totally oppose in every which way to what these comics were. Um, but now you see a lot of the young folks making comics on the alternative scene, and you can see that coexistence. Like not even like making reference to like Brandon doing uh, profit, but you see just a lot of folks just more comfortable bouncing back and forth. I mean, you see like Chip and Dale made the reference for Thunder, and he's writing about uh, how should he. Uh, writer Bendis is and you know putting a what was it an X-Men comic through a blender or Avengers comic
3: yeah so, yeah Chip Chippendale is actually I, I remember in an interview I'm kind of like paraphrasing him is like he said that you know people will always compare his work to Gary Panner but like he never wanted to be Gary Panner like he wanted to be Jim Lee and like <laughs> you know when I look at his stuff I can see that because I can I can understand that like that impulse of just trying to make comics that are as awesome as possible.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of fun in them. You know, like, you see, like, Youngblood uh, or whatever, you know, all the, these the image comics, just crazy guys, and they all have the c- coolest powers and the biggest guns, and it's just in your face, like, fuck you, we're gonna come in, storm in this mountain and shoot everyone up, and you don't really need to know this background story, you're just drawing a Big fight with big guns and big tits and <laughs> guys getting blown up. It's like you know that's what I try to to you know it's fun to draw that stuff. Yeah, why, why Is, of big it's big. Fun.
1: <laughs> Is that part of doing uh, your coding comic with Josh?
2: Yeah, that uh, he he kind of pushes it to the extreme, and uh, that's a whole other weird uh, collaboration thing that we got going. Because he he goes a lot of the the dirty like shit and fart jokes a lot, <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily do. But then I just like roll Pat, with. Uh, you're just too does.
1: classy for that, right? Pat just
2: tries yeah. to
3: stick with like horses raping people. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: it's yeah, it's like the horse rape comics and Daredevil giving the Punisher a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. And... Well, it's like
3: it's weird what you're you saying about you know this, this sort of old narrative of like, you know, reject, like the alternative comics rejecting, uh, the superhero mainstream and all that kind of stuff. And like a a part of the, another part of like the genesis of this idea is this like idea of like personal biography with comics and like, you don't get to choose like necessarily what you grew up reading. Um, so, you know, when I look at, like, underground comics, like, you can tell right away that, like, those guys all were reading EC comics, like, when, you know, them and, like, all that stuff was going on, and, you know, it was, like, this weird guilty pleasure, almost, and, like, that comes out in, like, the first generation, like, underground guys and stuff you know but like shit well like I was reading fucking x-force so <laughs> what do I do you know what I mean so it's like am I supposed to run away from that or I, like why don't I just go full-on embrace it and see what happens you know
1: Tell me about the process of putting this together. Did you guys kind of try and read as much extreme stuff as you could, or did you
2: just do it all kind of based on what you remembered? <laughs> it's Like reptile memory. <laughs> uh, a little bit of both. I remember, like, right when he uh, told me the, the idea of calling it Rub the Blood uh, was at a time when I was really into, like, going to this thrift store and buying, like, ten cent Comics – and I, I found the issue that says Rub the Blood on the cover like like two Oh days Blood after, Strike. Yeah, Blood Strike <laughs> One. Ian was like, Oh, there's this comic, it has like fake blood on it and you and it says Rub the Blood, we should make a book called Rub the Blood and I was like, I don't know, man. And then I found that and it was a sign that uh we should do it. And I yeah, bought like twenty five cents. uh, I've
3: been obsessed with the name Rub the Blood for a while because I think it's like when I bought it back when I was a kid like I'm pretty sure I had like a defective copy or something because like I would rub the blood like nothing would happen and I was confused I'm like am I just supposed to feel it or is something supposed to happen and like it was always (laughs) like pissed me off and like made me confused (laughs) so like the the idea of Rub the Blood was just was always just stuck in my head (laughs) it's like it's like a
1: demon I needed to get out. (laughs) So why doesn't the cover on this do anything for me then?
3: Uh, believe me, if we, if we could, if we could like foil stamp newsprint, we would, but <laughs> <laughs> like we, we actually like...
1: You should like, have like stapled foil stamp on it or something, just like... Yeah, O-H. something like
3: that. I mean, we, that was like our first instinct is like we were first, we were just going to put it out as like a newspaper, like secret prison. And then like when we were raising money for it, like we passed our goal like relatively quickly... So we're like, all right, how we how can we soup it up? Like we need to, we need to try to like make it more like awesome, you know. So we we were able to
2: make it like full bleed and all this kind of cool stuff that I think makes it look like a really neat looking book. Yeah, and polybag it with uh, collectors trading cards that come with it. We could have made, we totally could have made collectors cards because Victor <laughs> Cairo, like we asked
3: him to make do a cover for us. And like he comes back like a month later with like twenty
1: covers. <laughs> oh, he's his love of uh, Keith Giffen is fucking insane. Yeah. Seriously. Well, ever... I think it's
3: like anything that he sinks his claws into, like becomes fucking insane.
2: Yeah, when he, he when he was I was talking to him like most of the time when he was drawing the cover and he was just telling me about how he like reread everything Light Bell did during that time. And he said he was, like, walking around acting like Rob Liefeld. And... <laughs> it... Well, he, he's a crazy guy, Bald Eagles, uh, Victor. He, uh... Yeah.
1: Specifically, he did a Blood Wolf cover, um, which was, like, the Rob Liefeld, Keith Giffen ghetto version of, um... Lobo. Lobo. Yeah. No, I've talked to, to Victor a bunch about... he He really wants to interview Keith Giffen and have it... On the ink studs. Wow, I think that'd I would, be great. I, I think it would be awesome. Um,
3: you got to get Ben Mara to interview uh, Stephen uh, Platt too. That was <laughs> that was his big revelation for this. Like when, we, when I first voted it by him, he was like, "I need to do profit." Like I'm a huge Stephen Platt fan. <laughs> I'm like, go for it, man. Do it.
2: <laughs>
1: um, well, how about? let's talk about the the folks so you just have folks that heard you're doing this or interested or do you have specific people in mind uh, you we
2: went out and invited just about everyone um, except for Jim Rugg he approached us
3: <laughs> and <laughs> we really invited cool. himself <laughs> <laughs> so
2: like, oh, we can't say no to you <laughs> yeah we had, we had like the whole book in the can and uh, I was telling him, he's like what are you releasing next like, oh we're doing this like Rob Liefeld book and he's like I have to be a part of this like I love Rob Liefeld like a lot and I don't know so we let him in obviously
3: <laughs> yeah these two like incredible pieces for it
2: yeah uh, and right. the original art is even crazier his one his, the piece they did in the book for Supreme is uh, he cropped a lot of it out and the original art is like twice as big
3: really yeah it's wild well I mean like when we went to go find the people for the book like the the idea was really like I said was trying to connect the dots between you know the extreme approach to making comics and, like, sort of, like, art-brute, like, comics. Um, and, like I said, like, some of those dots were just, like, the embracing, like, genre material and uh, just, like, that really raw and, like, ju- direct, like, approach to making comics where you just, like, just throw in everything onto the page, like, every square inch just filled with, like, just grotesque, grotesquerie and <laughs> detail. Um, I-, I think, like just grotesqueness is, like, a a huge theme that, like, connects the two, like, you know, you just look at Rob Lightfield's stuff, and if, like, you didn't know anything about the context of it, like, you would think it's, like, a weird, like, art brute thing, like, you know, like, clearly the guy is, like, a semi-naive artist, and, like, you know, everything is incredibly, everybody looks exerted, and angry, and sweaty, and veins bulging, and all this kind of stuff, and it's, like, you know but it's fun and it's it's full of it's vigorous like it's full of energy and like that's you know what i like about these kind of like art brute like you know whatever you want to call them comics like it it reminded me of that like enthusiasm that feeling of being young and being excited about comics
1: were you surprised by the response from folks about it cuz a lot of people are really digging it
3: um I, I mean, it makes me psyched. I mean, some of the people that picked it up at the Brooklyn show were, like, giddy about it.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, they had a lot of people, like, immediately. There was one guy that was there who said he's, like, this is the only reason I'm here. And he was, like, a genuine, he had, like, a valiant button and, like, evil Ernie and, like, that you know, <laughs> that kind of, he, he, like, didn't belong at the Brooklyn Fest. And he yeah. uh, uh, he came just for us because he heard of, like, a maybe he thought Rob Lelfeld. Yeah, there's this there
3: was this crazy guy that we met at the show and like he wanted to buy like every piece of original artwork and like he com- he was like commissioning all the artists at the show that p- that were part of the book to like draw these like sketch covers, like you know t- you know what I'm talking about like the oh, yeah. wham, like mainstream comic show sketch covers. It was like amazing. I was like it was weird. I was like the- for this one guy, like we were, you know, Rob Liefeld and, <laughs> and Tom McFarland or something, you know? <laughs>
1: Did it open you guys up to a new world? Do you do, uh, are yeah, you gonna sure. are you gonna explore that a little more? Start doing your Wolverine sketch covers. I yeah. wish,
2: I,
3: like, I, I wish that like uh, my my dream is like Rob Liefeld would be like, all right, like let's hire these assholes and like <laughs> like we'll relaunch like darker image and. Uh, oh, you yeah. know. <laughs> Let let them go and find like the gnarliest like talent out there and like put it put these books out like that would, that would be a
2: perfect scenario.
1: Did you guys try and send him a copy?
2: Yeah, I emailed him, but he never got back to me. Yeah, he knows. I mean, he he actually like
3: retweeted our when we did an interview with Robot Six. Like he he like tweeted the the link to it. And, like, that to us was, like, the crowning achievement.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He knows we exist and that the book exists, but... Yeah, he he declared it awesome, which is, you
3: know, not a word that he throws around.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you going to do any sequels? Any more Bloods?
3: I don't know. I I think that, like, it's time has kind of passed in a way. (laughs) Like, um it's it's like something that I was like sort of foreseeing for a while because like you know you, you see like with with guys like Ben Maurer and stuff like that coming up and you you saw like the kind of like the black and white glut thing become kind of like a new like a fad in in like the art comic scene mm-hmm. and it was just like, all right, like like you know image comics is next, right like I was just waiting like as the, as the timeline like evolved it was like, all right, this is next like people are gonna just start putting out these like Gnarly, like young blood comics, like and all this kind of stuff, and uh so eventually, it obviously never happened. So we had to make it happen. But then, now I'm, I realize, well, you know, it's not going to happen like, anymore, really, because it's like we're all old farts. Like all the people that were that were re- actually reading those comics are like, you know, we're all like in our thirties and stuff now. And like, you know, there's all these young, exciting artists now that like have the same kind of emotion, but like about manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the t- early 2000s, like, how big manga just hit the scene. And, like, it dawned on me, like, there's so all these kids now that are, like, you know, manga was their image comics, you know what I mean? So exciting things coming in that direction, for sure.
2: Yeah, well, one of the things is um, we released it at the Brooklyn Fest, and in 2010 Brooklyn Fest, we released uh, the 3D comic, and then this one we released Rub the Blood. So I feel like we... Next year we're gonna have to release some sort of gimmick anthology. <laughs> it's like uh, a spin- right. do- uh, every year for the Brooklyn Fest is a new, new gimmick. Just don't oh. do it on a risograph Bristlegraphs <laughs> are you done? Oh man!
1: <laughs> I saw a tweet from Matt Madden about it, and I laughed. He's like, uh, "Okay, can we be done with the Rissograph? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, me, and Pat were
3: like search in the high heavens or Risograph Connects and, like, yeah. it's, like, as cool as they are and, like, are everywhere, it's, like, impossible to, like, find one of these fucking things.
1: I have access to one. Oh. But we still don't know how to use it. <laughs> and apparently it's the old crappy one, not the nice one that, like, Ryan Sands is using. You're just covered in, like, purple toner right now from your experiments. It's green. <laughs> green. Because <laughs> it used to be owned by the local green party. Oh sweet! All right. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, don't ask me what we'll do with it. Um, some of the folks in here, are like you got Mickey Zakili who did a Deadpool thing, and I get the feeling, would she have ever read Deadpool?
2: Yes. Uh, she was. She was actually one of the first people that. Because uh, I remember Ian went up to her at some show, and he came back to me. He's like, "Yo, I just talked to Mickey Z, and she said she used to read Image comics. We have." To, <laughs> like,
3: well, yeah,
2: she was one of the more one of the first people. Who we're like, all right, this book could possibly actually happen.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was I think it was actually at the 2010 Brooklyn show where I, when we were first kicking the idea around and wanting to do it. And like a question I would, I like to ask cartoonists is like, what did you read when you were a kid? You know, like I said, like I'm you know I'm into this idea of like this biography and like what shapes you as a comics creator or whatever. And like Mickey Z was like, oh, I was like. Joe Maduera like I like <laughs> Joe Maduera. and like you know and we were talking about we were talking about like profit and like just crazy shit like that and I was like yeah was, like would you be into like doing something like image comics like related thing and she was like all about it so I was like awesome <laughs> it was it's just awesome to like imagine that somebody is perfect for something like that and then you like talk to them and it's like that they're like yes <laughs>
1: Tell me about putting this together in the in the Philly scene. It seems like you guys have a good thing going there, as far as cartoonist community.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of people, um, but it's it's weird. It's like there's a there's like a a lot on like this sort of grassroots level, but like they almost a lot of them don't really know like what to do. So like you know, I've been doing the self publishing thing for years, and like. Um, when I first met Pat, like he was kind of just getting into it, and like a lot of what we've been doing in Philly with like our organization, whether it's like just from organized like Pat organizes it, um, a convention in Philadelphia, and like I do the newspaper, and it's really just about like we have all these kids around that are like into comics, and it's like like getting them to take the next steps, you know what I mean, like and to follow through and to like really just like put their foot through the door, um,
2: because yeah, yeah,
3: Whip them into shape, right? Yeah, (laughs) but it's weird. It's like we have all these all these people that are sort of at like the like kind of like mini comic level, and they're like kind of like collaborating with each other in like mini comics, and then you have like box Box Brown in town, and he does like fucking seven hundred pages a year, (laughs) 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 you know? So it's it's good. Like, and and but then we have like amazing people. Like, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Art Baxter who's um, like a, a great uh just his he's an artist his chops are just right up there with anybody like with Seth or whoever you name him like he's an amazing draftsman and like just super knowledgeable and like guys like Terry leban in town and uh, I mean
1: if oh, I you, should, know. you should get Terry ter- get Terry
3: leban on your show because like, I know I, I
1: didn't even I, know he I, was in I, philly I thought he was in Chicago no oh, yeah. he's in- it not Philly now, like, you can listen to that dude
3: talk for, like, hours. Like, he's yeah. got amazing, like, knowledge about comics and just stories.
2: <laughs> he didn't like it, though. <laughs> I showed him a copy, and he's like, oh, I remember when Rob Liefeld first came out, I hated him. Like, why would you guys make a book about him?
1: Yeah, and that's that's kind of indicative of what I was saying earlier, where you see this definite generational gap, because he was making comics in the early 90s. I remember yeah. selling cut at the comic store.
3: Totally. I mean, and it's like with, with some of those guys, like the older generation, it's like, well, what did you like when you were a kid? And they're like, uh, you know, I love the, like the Smithsonian collection of, of
1: comics, you know? Do you ever just <laughs> want to call bullshit? <laughs> Do you ever just want to go like, you were reading fucking John Byrne Fantastic Four and we all know it.
3: I mean, one of the things that like made me like even think about that idea was once I was reading this interview with this cartoonist, and he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "When I was, when I was like twelve, I was really into Gary Panter's Jimbo." <laughs> Get the <laughs> fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you were reading the Marvel swimsuit edition. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and liking it. <laughs> well, I I was reading, you know clouds when i was 16 but i was also reading some terrible dc stuff at the same time too yeah i i i have a fond memory of the work of kelly jones okay his batman run was uh it was something good yeah i mean i i you know i I went like well you know
3: how like the collector's boom was like really short-lived kind of thing and like you know when i first like read all that stuff like i was you know eyeballs deep in it and then like my small my small hometown, like you know, had five comic book stores in it. <laughs> like 1993, it's like a 10,000 person town, and uh, you know, and they all just went away overnight. Like everybody went out of business, and like my comic book store went away. And like, you know, it really wasn't until like I had some friends that like had a car. And I could like go to the like comic store at the mall or something like and actually get out and start reading comics again. Like I missed like I missed out on like comics probably for like a couple of years, like after the com- after the collectors' boom, like you know imploded the whole thing.
1: And all you had to read were your old issues of Bloodstrike and Newman. <laughs> no,
3: it's weird. Actually, like when I first when I first got back in the comics, like the, it was like the first three things I got were like Cerebus, like Sin City. And uh, I forget what else. Like, from hell. Like, how fucking bizarre is that?
1: <laughs> Jeez, what a misogynist. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to mark you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, yo, Reaper, those kids out there seem mad thirsty. You got something for them to drink? Yo, we can wet up two cups of blood. Arm to the leg, leg, arm to the head. Yo, be the resurrect, the resurrect the mental dead. Jeep to the all, to the YM, Reaper. As I get deeper than a grip, resurrect, kid. Don't go against the grain, last sling is my thing. I'll leave the hearty party with the bang, buzzer, boom. Check my tune, it got your hyper Don't give a fuck about a sucker, see cypher As you decipher the tricks of a viper Swine is lethal, it's evil I am original, we can build a form, the ill form And keep all your brain cells warm Hocus pocus, yo, what's the focus? Weak techniques should speak, the city's bogus Even in a mortuary, science the bloom As I seek the gnaw from the womb to the tomb <laughs> Yo, deadly, deadly, yeah, get ready. Here comes a styler, wilder than Freddy. Dead. Cause of Kruger, boom, I do ya. Just to let you know, Grave diggers coming to ya. That's sick and rotten, your brains don't In the past, you had your boomer eyes picking cotton. Now you hate your naughty hairstyles. I guess your figure for texture is too wild, child. Two cups of blood, boy. Two cups of blood, girl. Alright, lift that shit up.
1: Why don't we talk a little bit about some of your other projects you guys got going? Uh, Secret prison. What's the idea with that? Um, This kind of a little bit of a Fort Thunder influence, but not quite.
3: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I I mean, I think uh, everybody that's that's been putting out these tabloid newspapers will tell you that you know it's all about paper rodeo. Like, you know, when I first like got my hands onto a couple of copies of paper rodeo and like realized what it was all about, I was like you know this needs to exist in like every comic scene and like i really believe in that like i really think that like i mean it's kind of neat like you see frank on tcj's been doing all these like local scene reports and uh it's like every comic shop or every every comic like city should have its own newspaper it should have its own small press show like you, like i think building these like little grassroots organizations are like are super important like to getting people involved like right at that like ground floor level um so like I just like I just wanted to do it. Like I I was like I know how to do it. Like you know I've been doing like working in print for years and years and years. And like I'm just gonna do this thing. And uh, you know it's actually like not gonna be around that much longer. We're only gonna do one more like issue as like a free newspaper. And then uh, I'm gonna like try to sort of grow it like beyond itself into more of like a like a magazine book type of more high profile kind of thing.
1: I was wondering about how sustainable it would be to do a free newspaper.
3: It's hard. I mean I think it's particularly hard for a secret prison because it's it's like a community newspaper, but like I don't live in the community. Like I <laughs> I, I work in Philadelphia. Um, I'm over, you know, to meet with our, our friends and, and do comics and stuff all the time. But like I live, you know, in the suburbs like fifteen minutes away from Philadelphia. So like like I can't just like sh- walk out my door and, like, go harass coffee shop owners to, to like, buy ads from me, like,
2: yeah, so. He, he lets me do all that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's,
3: it's been, that's been a great thing about, like, my model of, like, distribution and, like, the whole thing is, like, you know, I try to, even though, like, I've featured artists from around the world and stuff like that, like, I always try to keep it at least, like, 50% people in Philadelphia to keep them in the mix. And then, like, those people will really help me. Like, I just hand them stacks and, like, please take these somewhere and get them out there somewhere and like it's it's been really great I mean when I think about it, it's like you know in the last three years like I've given away like 10,000 free comics like <laughs> like that's pretty awesome I mean like part of part of the reason I, I started wanting to do a free newspaper was like you know I would print like mini comics and stuff and go to SPX and like sell like 30 of them you know what I mean and it's like you, you I put all this like time and effort and love into something and it's like 30 people have them, and, like, half of them aren't even going to read it, so, like, the idea of, like, going to a show and moving, like, 500 copies of something, like, is, like, I don't even care, I don't care about the money, like, I really, like, you ultimately just want somebody to have it and to appreciate it, so, like, I mean, that was a really big appeal of doing, like, a free newspaper, like, a, you know,
1: with a higher print run. How many prints each issue, you think, roughly?
3: Um we I started out doing like well actually before right before Secret Prison we did this this tablet called What Makes the Man Dress Up Like a Bat, which is like a Batman tribute.
1: Oh man,
4: I wanna see this. And we this. did
3: and we did like three thousand of those. <laughs> um and then I started like when we started doing Secret Prison, I think the first three issues were like two thousand copies. And then after that I, like I was like, All right, this is not sustainable. Like so I dropped down like a thousand copies. But it's just it's just hard. I mean, it's like you after a while you keep going back to like the Kickstarter, like well you know, and you kind of feel bad about it, like you know. <laughs> so it's it's really hard. But like I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm kind of like moving away from from it being a free newspaper. But I'm like really campaigning hard to get some p- new people in Philadelphia to like start another free newspaper because I think it's
2: an important institution. Yeah. Well, me and him are actually co-editing the next issue too. Uh, yeah, should be out in April. I guess We should mention that.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be like a su- like like the Conan comic that he did with Josh. Like it's like we're, we we want to do this super like kind of like double sized all crazy jams, just in like insanity kind of issue to like
2: go out with a bang. Yeah, each page is gonna have two artists that are forced to draw with each other. <laughs>
3: they're
1: locked in a room. <laughs> yeah.
2: so like they one like, may survive.
1: I like that. I want to see that. Now, Pat, yes. how, uh, how long have you been doing comics for? Because Ian's been doing this for quite a while.
2: Um, uh, like pretty much my entire life, I guess. I, uh, I inspired to be a cartoonist very early on. Uh, when I was like six or seven, I just decided I wanted to be make comics. Uh, and I started, you know, releasing zines and mini-comics when I was, like, in, uh, like freshman in high school. I was, like, 14. But uh, I guess, like, in Ernst, going to comic book shows and all that stuff, uh, I'd say when I graduated college in 2008, uh, since then, I've been, you know, going to comic conventions and selling my books in stores, et cetera, mm-hmm. so... If that's a clear answer as to when <laughs> I started, I guess. But like, you know, I mean, I could dig up like old zines that I did when I was like fifteen. You know, I've like I made dozens and dozens of zines and comics so far.
1: That's a a lot of good comicing. Um, now your retrofit comic, Bowman, uh, that just came out a couple months ago. Uh, yeah, November. November. Um, kind of based loosely
2: in the two thousand one world uh yeah it's kind of the main character um and just there's a lot of little odes and nods to to the various 2001 incarnations being uh the books the movie and the jack kirby comic series um and yeah and i'm continuing with that too i'm like knee deep in the second issue which is coming out also in april and uh i plan to make it into like a big graphic novel so Giant life story of this guy on an alien world.
1: How much did the like the Kirby run? Because it's pretty out there comics uh, as far as Kirby goes. Even uh, how did that kind of leave an impression on
2: you? Um, I mean, I just like more or less in the past couple of years really discovered Kirby and have really just fallen for it. Uh, you know, and I was literally like had some of the pages just open when I was drawing Bowman. Uh, as far as like the stylistic like in the, in the first issue his spacesuit is kind of based after the, the Kirby design <clears throat> um, but yeah uh, does that answer your question? <laughs> <laughs> guess, kind I, of I like uh, yeah I really like Jack Kirby and uh, 2001 is some of my favorite stuff all that kind of stuff like that in the Eternals and OMAC um, in that era of Kirby is my favorite stuff to look at
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's important to mention at this point too that Pat like really believes UFO is like for real. <laughs> like that's a I always forget that when I'm like like dealing with this guy, but like he he like really believes in that shit. Like hardcore, <laughs> it like it like totally informs his worldview and stuff like that. So it's like it's, sometimes you have, you have to keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> Tell me about that, Pat. Uh,
2: well. I mean, I guess like a lot of my ideas behind there's different dimensions uh, in this world. Uh, I guess kind of informed Bowman, like the fact that he gets sucked through the monolith and is in a different world. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that has to do with me believing in aliens, but you know, I believe there's. <laughs> I you know I, I'm into like different dimensions and like weird shit like that. Uh, and that, and I just kind of turned that into a weird space story
1: is there any particular authors that you're kind of thinking of that really speak to kind of these ideas you're moving towards or?
2: Um, Well, a lot of Arthur C. Clarke. uh, you know, I've read a lot of his books and all the 2001 books. Uh, he, he has lots of crazy science theoretical, like if you actually read 2001, like how he d- explains how it could physically work to like travel to a different dimension. And, uh, you know, that, all that kind of weird, like, his very scientific explanation approach to a lot of the stuff, and it's like, yeah, that's exactly what aliens would do, and, you know, and, I don't know, I eat that shit up. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how me and Pat, like, started working
3: together, is, like, when I, like, showed up once to, like, the Comics Jam, and, like, I see this kid, it's, like, these gnarly, like, psychedelic drawings, and, like, this crazy, like, handwriting that, like, looked, like, almost exactly like mine.
2: Yeah, that was like the very first thing I noticed too. Is we have a very similar handwriting, and yeah. he, he drew like some something that was like very like simple drawing. It's like, wait, did I draw that? And because uh, because he wrote like a joke that I would have said, and it was like in my handwriting. It was really creepy. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we should like hang out and whatever trade and we, comics.
3: We, we both like learned really quickly like, because we, we have this group like the Philly Comics Jam, which is like sort of where we all meet. And, like, you know, we've all kind of got together and started, like, strong comics together and bullshit and stuff like that. And, like, you know, for, like, the first year and a half, it's just all dick jokes. And then all of a sudden, like, Pat, Pat shows up on the scene and there's just, like, the two of us drawing this weird, like, multidimensional fucking, like, face-melting kind of crazy shit. Like, <laughs> off to the side. And we're just like, yeah, sorry, guys. We're, like, just ruining all these <laughs> for everybody else. But, you know, this is what we're into. It's so. only really yeah. enough
2: dick jokes, you know? I, you know, we got to bring in the weird... Like why is that guy's face turn abstract for no reason? Yeah. But Pat Pat is good with a dick joke though.
1: There's <laughs> uh the local comic jam, um, Ed Brisson, the organizer instituted a rule because of the mass amounts of dick joke, as the first person that draws a dick in a comic has to buy a pitcher for the table. That's a
3: good uh, that's a good idea. I like
1: that idea. <laughs>
2: it it works quite well. <laughs> Well actually like, in our, our comic jam, yeah, we pretty much stopped drawing. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody draws anymore. It's like
3: only the new only like the newbies draw. Like the people that show up for the first time and like nobody really knows who they are, like they come and they draw and like are they're very well behaved and the rest of us are just like bullshitting about our, our fucking dreams and uh <laughs> anguish and <laughs> everything else comics related. Yeah, yeah. We kind of just, like, talk to whatever table, like, Art Baxter and Terry LeBan are sitting at. Like, we just kind of, like, let them hold court and, you know. Tell us stories story. of the 90s.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Terry is yeah. kind of like my version of Colin Upton or your version of Colin Upton.
3: <laughs> well, the, the the funny story about Terry is, like, you know, so, like I said, we we have these, like, the level of talent sort of in Philly is, like, really green and, like, um, you know, it's all people that are just getting started and stuff like that and like Terry's like oh yeah he's like I used to do this uh the same kind of thing in Chicago we had our own like comics jam kind of basically but it was like it was like Chris Ware Dan Klaus like Jessica Abel (laughs) I forget who it was like all these artists they were just like he's like yeah he's like you know this could turn into something like that I'm like "Uh."
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep trying man (laughs) You could do <laughs> it. You could be the, uh, the Chris Ware of um, face-melting <laughs> comics. Oh, I think that's Michael
3: DeForge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, not going to argue that one there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for coming and chatting with me today. Our reminder, folks, I've been chatting with Ian Harker and Pat Osilio, and their latest anthology is Rub the Blood, as well as Secret Prison and... Um, pat's retrofit comic bowman and conan and math fiction anything else i'm forgetting probably Uh, big big book
3: coming out uh next year from retrofit comics um it's gonna be secret prison number seven um it's like our tribute to the to garo the um avant-garde manga magazine
1: oh geez and
3: uh me and me and boxer putting together like the incredible lineup of uh American and uh, Canadian and <laughs> English artists that are really inspired by manga and art comics, and it, it's going to be amazing. So
2: yeah, he sent the email. <laughs> the names on the list are are cream of the crop people. Yeah, it's exciting. this is even
1: cooler than my Gossip Girl anthology, maybe. Oh my god. Maybe. I think
3: you know my wife will buy one for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but will you allow it to be in the house
3: I, I see all the Gossip Girl chatter on like Twitter and it, it makes me very confused because like I was a fan of the OC but like Gossip Girl just never clicked with me so oh man you gotta watch it
1: you gotta watch it. first two seasons it's, it's like
3: watching like the Mitt Romney campaign
1: <laughs> so <laughs> alright thank you guys both so much
2: Awesome. All right, cheers.
0: Hey, yo, Reaper, those kids out there seem mad thirsty. You got something for them to drink? Yo, we could wet up two cups of blood. Arm to the leg, leg, arm to the head. Yo, beat the as the vector, as vector, mental dead. Cheap to the R to the YM, Reaper. As I get deeper than a grip, resurrect, kid. Don't go against the grain, mass slang is my thing. I'll leave the hearty party with the bang, buzzer, boom. Check my tune, it got you hyper. Don't give a fuck about a sucker see cypher as you decipher the tricks of a viper swine is lethal it's evil i am original we can build a form, the ill form and keep all your brain cells warm hocus pocus yo what's the focus weak techniques should speak the sitting bogus even in a mortuary, you worry science will bloom as i seek the gnaw from the womb to the tomb doom, 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 doom. yo deadly deadly yeah here comes the styler, wilder than Freddy Dead, Cause the Kruger, boom, I do ya Just to let you know, diggers coming to ya Dead, stick and rotten, your brain not forgot in the past You had your boomer eyes pickin' cotton Now you hate your naughty hairstyles I guess your figure of texture is too wild, child Two cups of blood, boy Two cups of blood, girl
4: Alright, drink that shit up